Hey, welcome to the LifeWay Student Ministry Podcast. I'm Ben Trueblood alongside John Paul Basham. Yo! And Julie Plunk. Hey, hey. And we are here with you in your ears for another episode. And we're super excited to be there where you are, wherever you may be. And I want to encourage you wherever you are to leave a rating and review. We really do read every one of those and uh, it, it helps us get better. So help us get better. That would be awesome. Stars and words are great. It helps other people find the podcast as they search for it as well. Uh, here's an interesting stat that I, I want us to begin with today. And it is this for our cultural stat of the day. 80% of Gen Z report eating too many snacks during the quarantine. <laughs> That's the one, that's the stat that we have. I feel like all generations are reporting <laughs> the same thing. Absolutely. 80% of millennials, 80% of mankind. <laughs> mankind, that's right. <laughs> what are, uh, I too report eating too many snacks <laughs> during this time. What uh, are you, are you, how are you guys doing with that? You okay? eating too many snacks, where would you report yourself? I'm on that roller coaster shame diet. <laughs> like, is that day to day? So that'll be a couple of days of too many snacks, a day of hardly any food, one day of <laughs> eating more than I did the day before, and then another couple of days of too many snacks. It's <laughs> good. It's a constant cycle. The uh, dream of getting... Like, okay, when we go back to work, man, what if I was down like 30 pounds and jacked out of my mind? But I continue to add the too many snack days and it's not, it's not happening for me. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's, that's out of the cards for me. I just lowered those expectations for myself pretty early on so that I won't disappoint myself. <laughs> I am trying to exercise each day, but I'm not losing weight by any means because I'm just eating uh, not super healthy. I'm trying to be better, but Easter, man, those Easter baskets really push you over the edge. <laughs> okay. So uh, do you, I have a couple of questions here that are very important. One, do you have a favorite Easter candy? Absolutely. Are you going to say it? Yes. Sorry. <laughs> yes. It's the, it's the, it's the most unhealthy one. It's the Cadbury eggs, the filled with the orange goo. Yes. yes. Those are I your favorite. Can, oh, they're so good. And they're so bad for you. I love them. Gold and orange goo both sound terrible. It's not. You sure not. Like a cream egg? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I probably was describing it bad. I don't think I've ever had one now that you describe What? Me. The Cadbury had. cream egg? What's the classic Cadbury cream egg? The one where they used to have the commercial with the lion and the bunny ears? Yeah, yes. still do. Never, never had one. Bro. Oh, well, when we get back from quarantine, you will find one of those on your desk. <laughs> you need you to try one. Try it. Do you have a favorite Easter candy? I don't. But my boys are real big fans of the Reese's eggs. Mm. Those are good. They are good. Jelly beans? Do they like jelly beans? They like everything. <laughs> candy they like candy it's candy yeah and what about you uh i hate a peep 
more than anything. I think they're disgusting. My favorite is probably the Robin eggs because uh, my favorite candy in general is the Whoppers. So it's just like a big Whopper. Easter themed Whopper. It's awesome. Yep. That's good. What about uh, go-to snacks? So in the 80% of snacking too much, have you found yourself with a go-to snack? Ours is always chips and salsa. It's just our go-to. I have the go-to healthier snack. It's, what, it's my fallback every time I need to fix whatever I've randomly eaten out of the pantry <laughs> the last couple of days is the old baby carrots and hummus. There you go. Oh, that's good a good job. one. Yeah. I, uh, cereal for me is like, I like that night cereal. So mm, that's dangerous. what kind of cereal? Um, I've had lots of different kinds. Uh, there is a s'mores cereal that we've had oh. recently that is Cocoa Puffs, Golden Grams, and white marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even yeah. say it. <laughs> without feeling bad about it but it's awesome uh so yeah the night cereal has been has been in play for sure so go ahead john paul you look like you're about to say something what time of night is that for you uh usually it's after our little ones go to bed which is around 8 30 to 9 o'clock okay so we put them to bed we've in this moment we've been putting them to bed at 8 30 30, which is later than like a normal school night because we let them sleep later. And then after we get them down and everything's kind of calmed down and I know I won't have to like walk back upstairs for anything, then it's time to break out the bowls. I feel like my struggle. Cereal. Let's <laughs> make that clear. I feel like for me, if when I go downstairs to let the dog out at night, it's the danger zone. Mm. So that's like a 10, 10, 30, 11, something like that. Yeah. The trip and you're like, I'm down here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's no, Crystal's not down there to be like, are you sure you want to eat that? You said you didn't want to snack anymore. It's just me and the dog. I'll launch in. I got to go in the pantry for his treat. So might as well get me one too. So what do you grab when you go? <laughs> what is your treat in that just moment? Whatever, granola bar. Reese's egg, cookies out of the cookie jar, just whatever, whatever's sticking out the furthest. <laughs> whatever you can reach. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I hope that uh, listeners that you are enjoying a snack every now and then as well. Friend of Lifeway students and all of us personally, I think everybody, uh, I think all of you know, uh, Chris Swain, who used to serve at Lifeway Students and now works for Replicate Ministries and uh, Robbie Gallaty, good friend of mine. I've known him for a long time. Their family during this has been doing a March Madness with Little Debbie treats. Uh, so that's been fun to watch. So they, they're down to the final four now. Uh, and it's been interesting. So they eat a Little Debbie treat and then their family votes and they run it like the basketball tournament. So That is so awesome. Yeah, that's so, how I need to be spending my time. That's right, right. there. <laughs> so come up with some kind of treat or item you love, and make a make a tournament. We'll all tune in for it. So uh, today on the podcast, we 
we're going to talk about snacks the whole the, we're we're not really we uh we want to spend a little bit of time talking with you uh about how to be missional uh during this time because um it's not as easy to just go gather people uh we shouldn't be doing that so but the charge to to us i think as student pastors and, and student ministry leaders still remains the same there are some things that we need to coach and model and uh, and teach our students, and that this moment actually provides some opportunities for them uh, to live their life on mission in some ways that they haven't had before. And I think this is a moment where training a student how to share their faith and how to have a spiritual conversation with somebody is really important. If we're talking about teaching students to live their lives on mission right now, then I think we have to consider that more people are willing to have spiritual conversations because of the climate of our day, and more people are willing to have conversations in general because of the isolation and the desire to see and be with people. And when you combine those two together, guys, I, like, I really think this is a prime moment for student ministries to teach and empower students to have spiritual conversations in a way that that they never have had before. Yeah, and this is also a time when a lot of student ministries are pushing in this direction because we're all doing ministry under the same set of circumstances in a lot of ways. I think there's a there's a cool opportunity too because as students continue to be encouraged by their by their leaders to get on and share their stories or do their, you know, this is my good Friday kind of stuff. They're not the only ones out there doing it. And so there is maybe a momentum right now that there isn't always as people are focused on conversations of faith being online. That could be a cool thing to take advantage of. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. I also think even non-Christians are doing a ton of stuff uh, creatively, helping others out, missional efforts, if you will. Different motivation, but I mean, this is the time to bank on that and get creative. How can we serve those essential workers? How can we be missional in our communities and with our peers during this time? So it's definitely a, a hot topic right now, which is great. What are some other things that uh, that come to y'all's mind when you think of okay, what is what can uniquely be done in this moment that can teach students and reinforce still the importance of living a life on mission that even would be retained after it's over? Because hopefully that's what that's what we're getting to in student ministry now is now that we're normal programming is going on, now we're trying to do things as a part of that that's that aren't just for this moment, but that are equipping students that they'll have and can use even after we're not sitting at home anymore. And one thing that I've thought about for this conversation is encouraging students to connect with other students or even you know, small groups together to connect with individuals, whatever that looks like, to pray for one another. There are, just because we're all in a new rhythm of life doesn't mean that some hard things in life aren't still happening and mm. people are still struggling people still have hurts 
but they're isolated in a way that they maybe have not been in you know before this whole thing started and so and i think it would be so cool for student pastors to mobilize their students to say hey let's identify let's maybe even ask of one another what our prayer requests are what are the pain points in life right now and then mobilize your student ministry and your small groups to reach out to those people on phone calls or on zoom meetings or google hangouts or facetimes or whatever to intentionally pray for them and lift each other up in that way. And I think that is something that could absolutely continue beyond this being done, just learning the beauty of the church being the church and uh, praying for one another and supporting each other that way. I also think students have opportunity to uniquely be missional in their communities where they live right now too. I know one thing Brady's done with our neighborhood, and I think a student could easily do it as well, is, you know, most neighborhoods have a either a Facebook group or some kind of platform that discusses with everyone. And he just offered a Google form and it had a couple different options. One, if you need help with something, if you need prayers about something, or if you have some needs that someone else in the neighborhood can help, like, hey, this person's going to the store for this. If you're sick or you're elderly, like there's some elderly people in our neighborhood, tell me what we can get you and we'll drop it by your house. And then there's also who can help financially. It was just a bunch of different options, but it's just been great for our neighborhood to just kind of get to know one another better. And it's something that I think will hopefully last after this quarantine. How can we be helping each other out? How can we get to know each other better we live you know feet from each other and so i think that's something that these students could get on there and there may be a bunch more students in their neighborhoods that they didn't even realize that they can be missional helpful to right now i love that neighborhood approach and just meeting the needs right where you are uh, because that's so much of what in student ministry is taught anyway it's like look at where you are right now and whatever team or activity or group or class or lunch table or neighborhood you're sitting in, like those are the people that God has put you in contact with to have a unique influence on their life. So, man, I love that, that Google form. That's a great, great idea. You know, John Paul, to what you were saying about uh, there's still people that are hurting and there's still people that are struggling and going through stuff and being able we don't know those things until we reach out and connect and ask and just be willing to have the conversation and ask them, like, how can we be praying for you? Uh, we had a conversation a couple weeks ago on the YouTube channel with Jason Gibson, who is the director of a counseling center here in the Nashville area. Um, and he talked about how some things that they're seeing is that this kind of environment raises the struggles that we have at a factor of five. So he was saying, if you struggle with anxiety, then it's five times greater at this moment. If you struggle with, I mean, fill it in, whatever it is. Uh, that's, yeah, stress uh, and all of those things, that it's, this is increasing that, that struggle amount. And so whether it's emotional struggle or whether it's sin struggle. So if there are students student pastors that you know that you've been working with that have, that have been struggling with specific sins in their life, 
um, then chances are that that struggle is being propelled right now. I mean, just think about it. Like we don't, we have a bunch of people sitting at home with the internet and a lot of boredom every day. And so it doesn't, it doesn't take too long for us to realize, okay, here are some of the temptations that people are going to have in this moment. And I think, John Paul, your point about just teaching students to check on one another and pray for one another is such an act of mission in this moment right now because of all those things. I was blown away when he said, like when he gave a number to it, like here's what we're seeing. Five times greater is, is kind of what this is running at. Yeah, that really is surprising to hear. I mean, by a factor of five is wild. Yeah. And, and as a student pastor, as a shepherd to your students to think, I mean, I'm thinking about students that, that I know that are struggling with things now and to think that their struggle could be five times greater just under these circumstances. It's like, man, that is a compelling reason to be reaching out more intentionally than ever to the students in your ministry and, and to their families. It's a very yep. sobering fact. That hit hard when you said that. I hadn't heard that before. I mean, it makes total sense, though. But yeah, that's something that everyone needs to be on alert of and be aware of. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's, it's one of the reasons why increasingly, as I have opportunity to talk with student pastors and in moments like this, taking the opportunity to say, okay, now that we've got programming and content that is going out on a regular basis, let's be sure that we're also connecting with people and not just making sure that the programs of the church continue running. Because it would be a shame, right, to, to look back at these moments and look at all of the, the programming and all of the content that we put out and then to see a significant ba- uh, gap in the actual people that we're connected with and the strongholds that were unfortunately developed during these times or the struggles that happened. I, I think it's important to do both, to do the programming and do the content, but to make sure that we are still connecting with people. So I'll, I'll say that. And I'll also say at the same time that as I've had conversations with student pastors, I've been really encouraged that that's what's happening, is that there is a desire to connect with the individuals of their ministries, to connect with students, to connect with leaders, to connect with parents, and to make sure that that they know, hey, we're here with you. What do you need? We're praying for you. All of those things that we've been talking about are happening, which is I mean, it's so encouraging. Student ministry leaders and student ministry world is, uh, is stepping up big time in this. Um, but I do think the caution is necessary. Let's make sure that in this moment, we are not just delivering programs and content, but that we're actually connecting with people still in terms of church ministry. It's just a, a reminder that the church is the people. That's right. And if your people are struggling, five times more than they were when you last met together, then your church is in a tremendous amount of pain. Mm -hmm. And so to prioritize the programs over, over the church, over the people of the church is, uh, is, is a, a grave mistake. Yeah. 
Yep, it is. Uh, and, it, and it should be something that we take, you know, like if that's you and you're listening, you're like, oh man, like I am in that spot. The, the great news for you is that you can start today and not be in that spot anymore. Yeah, that's right. And you can quickly begin to, to take action on those things. So it's, it's definitely not too late. And your impact and your care and love for the people can, can still be felt and still have a, a, a great amount of influence. I was talking with a youth pastor friend from Oklahoma City recently, and he was sharing one of the things that his church has stepped up to do that was both sad and incredibly awesome at the same time. Our school, our school system here where we live two days a week is giving out meals. Families can come by and get meals because the, the reality of this, and, and I, I don't know that we think about it a whole lot, is that school meals, breakfast and lunch, for a lot of families, those kids, those are the meals they eat that day. And without meals, it is a struggle for them to have to have the food that they need. And so I know that we're not the only school system that's doing this, but our school system here, twice a week, you can go to the school and get bags of food for, for kids to have at the home, which is awesome. Well, this church in Oklahoma City is doing a similar thing where they're giving meals and this youth pastor, you know, they're wearing the masks and the gloves and they're running it on a light staff and all of, they're following all of the guidelines that we're supposed to be following right now. He told me that they're doing between 150 and 170 kids, two meals a day. So they'll come, somebody will come and pick up the food and the church is distributing to 150 to 170 people enough for two meals for them to have per day. Now, again, you got to follow all the guidelines. You got to have the, the, the masks and the gloves use a small staff and all that. But I've thought that that was a really cool way for the church to look at the community and say, okay, this is a specifically identified need in our community in this moment. How can we as the church meet this need in doing something that we weren't doing before, but that we can do now? And so I think if we're teaching students to live a life on mission, that's a component of it. Like where, what situation are you in right now that presents a unique need that can be solved. And I, I just thought that was an incredible example of a church loving their community and saying, okay, here's something that we're going to do. We're going to start providing meals every day. Now, you know, it's, it's a church. It's not a restaurant. I've been to this church and, you know, they had, you have to flex and do things differently to do something like this. It's not like they just, you know, transition the restaurant into serving meals every day. It's that that's not the case. Thought I would share that as one of the things they, how can we be missional in this time? Identify a specific need that's in your community and ask the question, how can we meet it? And I do think this allows the students a unique way to serve their school system too. I know our school system's kind of similar situation and Brady um, is the missional pastor at our church. So he just reached out to our school system and say, what can we do? What can our church specifically do to help? And we're doing a few different things, but one thing is we're contributing, like they're doing meals, two meals a day for all the students every day. Anyone that needs it can go and pick them up. And so Journey is like contributing all the snacks for that. So mm. I think different churches are kind of taking a category, but that would even be cool to maybe challenge your youth group to what if you serve the students in your school that don't have meals right now? What, what if you were helping contribute to that? I think would give some cool ownership. Yeah, I love that in partnership with schools. That's great. Another thing that I think student ministries can continue to do that you're probably 
have been at least at one point or another in a rhythm of doing this, but still challenging your students to lead some level of Bible study with other students. So there's, you know, every, everybody's online more so than they ever were. And so helping them to keep in mind how to leverage those platforms that they have and the friends that they have and still reaching out to, you know, we talk about, all the time in student ministry, how everybody's an influencer. All of the kids are looking to the rest, all the students are looking to the rest of the students to take cues for what should we be doing and how should we be acting and so on and so forth. But challenging your older students to do some Bible study with some of your younger students or any, any variation of that, you know, whatever's fitting in the culture that you've already got going on, but having students actively engaged in talking about Jesus and leading other students to learn about Jesus online I feel like right now is such an easy win. It, it's like we're in summer vacation, everybody's home, but I mean, literally everybody's home. <laughs> so they've got <laughs> time to do it. And yeah. there are other students that are available. Nobody's at football camp or band camp or, you know, off on mission trips or whatever. Everybody is in place and available to do things like this. So I think that'd be a cool thing to leverage too. I love the challenge of the older students to the younger ones and in Bible study or as simple as, Hey, can you just check on these students? Give them a call, check on them. Hey, from your student ministry, just checking on you. I love that opportunity for older to connect with younger in this moment. Well, before we go, we want to make sure and let you know about the resource hub that is available for you with all kinds of free stuff. We update it at least once a week, sometimes more than that, uh, at studentministry.lifeway.com slash hub, uh, which a, with a bunch of stuff that can serve you and your ministry in this moment. So head over there, check that out. Uh, if you also, we, we haven't mentioned this, Producer Nathan, on the podcast, I don't think, but we can mention it now. If you are a video gamer, Producer Nathan is hosting a youth pastor game night every Thursday night beginning at 8.30. And you can find information about that on studentministry.lifeway.com slash hub. Nathan, Producer Nathan, is there anything you'd like to say about that? It's a lot of fun. You get to meet student pastors from all over the country. Just get together, hang out. We talk a little bit of a bit of shop, um, some good, you know, just talk about what other people are doing and struggles are having but also just get to have a lot of fun just gaming together kind of relaxing in a nice relaxing environment for other student pastors people that kind of understand your context but also get to have fun together so yeah it's a good time so if uh if, if you play games come hang out with us producer nathan's doing an awesome job with that uh with youth pastor game night it's been uh been cool to see the community that's developing there like you said we're playing call of duty right now but other stuff available too and you can find out the information on how to become a part of that at studentministry.lifeway.com slash hub. All right, this has been another episode of Lifeway Student Ministry Podcast. We will see you next time.